Hello everyone uh, for our discipleship class this morning our we will be teaching on the kingdom prayer and ethnicity part one and um, our text is taken from Acts chapter 2 verse 41 to 43 Acts 2 41 to 43 it reads then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about three thousand souls were added to them and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in praise glory to god and so the scripture helps us to understand that those who gladly receive the word those who what gladly receive the word we are added to the church and so when we talk about a believer believers are those who have received the word of god believe in the word of god and applied the word of god in their life on daily basis in all their activities in all their doing in all what to do in their thinking whatsoever they do they consider the word of god and we all know that the kingdom of god is the influence the power and authority of Christ. And so every territory where Christ reign or influence is referred to as the kingdom of God. And so in your life as a disciple, if Christ is influencing your life, your life is the kingdom of God. And so when we talk about the kingdom prayer, we all know that prayer is the act of communicating with God. And so when we commune with God, we are praying to God. And so, what I want you to understand here is this, that every other religion, religion, they can pray. The Muslim can pray because they can commune with their deities, their God. The Buddhists can pray. The, 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 the Hindus can pray. And even the occultists, they can pray because it is the means they use to reach to their God. And so, but our own prayer as children of God, as believers, or members of the kingdom of God is different and very essential because it carries power. And so, in that direction, uh, in that from that point, the king, the, the prayer is more than communicating with God. Prayer is the means of entering into the supernatural to receive an encounter with God. Prayer is what the means to enter into the supernatural and receive an encounter with God. So in other words, we have to know what is the supernatural that we have to enter into and, 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 and what does it mean to, to have an encounter with God? To have an encounter with God is to meet with God, is to meet with God or to feel the presence of God or to enter into the presence of God. That is the reason why the scripture helps us to understand that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run unto it, they are saved. The righteous run unto it or into it, they are saved. So the name alone is the presence. The name alone carries the presence. So whenever the name Jesus is being pronounced, we will experience the presence, the power of God. And so let's read what the scripture says from St. John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. St. John 4, 23 to 24. St. John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. 
All right. Um, it reads Isaiah twenty three to twenty four. He said, "But the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit." And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But before that, let's see what happened between the Samaritan woman and Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Um, when we read 21, it said, Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. So now there is a situation that occurs here. From the communication um, between the, uh, the, the Christ and, and the, the Samaritan woman. You find out that the Samaritan women, in their own time, they used to worship their um, God in their mountains and Jerusalem. And so, what does that mean? And Christ told them they never knew God. And yes, it is true, they never knew God. Because if they would have known who God is, they will, have, they will have come to the realization that God is omnipresence, that God is omniscience, and God is omnipotence. So because he is omnipresence, he is everywhere at the same time. So there is no need for them to, 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 to go on the mountain first before they pray to God. And so our God is omnipresence. He's everywhere. And so you can be anywhere, anytime, and you pray to him. You worship him. You serve him. So those by then, they, they never, these people never knew who God was. And so it is very, very dangerous for you to pray to a God you don't know. It is very dangerous for you to pray to a God who you don't know. And so one of the means that uh, uh, um, um, that you that you should pray is what jesus christ said there we should worship god or we should pray to god in spirit and in truth and so what does it mean to pray to god in spirit and in truth when we talk about worshiping god in truth it is worshiping god through christ i mean sorry worshiping through christ worshiping through what Christ. And so if we are talking about praying to God, uh, praying to God through Christ, it's praying through Christ. I mean, so if we're talking about praying to God through, I mean, in, in truth and in spirit, it means to pray to Christ in through Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the truth. Jesus Christ is what? He is the truth. Because he, the scripture helps us to understand that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So any prayer that is out of Christ is out of the will of God. And so any prayer that is out of the will of God is nonsense prayer. It doesn't make sense because Jesus Christ is the solution. Jesus Christ is the only, he's the mediator between we and the Father. So when we pray, we should pray to Christ. Amen. And so another definition of prayer is this. Prayer is also the means of having an access to the throne of grace. Without prayer, you cannot enter into the throne of grace. You cannot enter into the throne of grace. So when you start praying, you will enter into the throne of grace and what you will receive from God. We also have an example of that. We also what happened to Jacob when Jacob lay down to sleep. He received a revelation from God. We are in a ladder was 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 down was was connecting among the earth to the heavens and he saw God standing on top of the ladder and then angels were going up and coming down. That was prayer being in, 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 illustrated to Jacob in his dream. And so prayer is the means we can receive from God and also hear from God and, 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 and speak to God. 
And so it helps us to enter into the supernatural. It helps us to enter into the glory of God. It helps us to enter into the heavens of God. So that is the reason why prayer is very much essential for we, the children of God, for we disciples. Now let's see what are um, 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 what what are some of the elements that are the, the elements of the kingdom prayer that makes the kingdom prayer different and essential. One of the elements is the word of God. The scripture helps us to understand in Saint John chapter six verse verse sixty three that um the word of God. Is, is life and a spirit and so in order for your prayer to be effective it must have life in order for your prayer to be effective it, it must have life and so what make this prayer to have life it is when you pray through the word of god because the word of god is life the word of god is what is life so when you pray through the word of god your prayers will become effective your prayers will become what effective and now let's read what uh hebrew chapter 4 verse 12 says Hebrews chapter 12 4 verse 12 Hebrews 4 12 let's see what um, he says here it says for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of souls and spirit and of joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart so the word of God is living it's living so it's not dead it's living it's living and so as i told you earlier for in, in, in order for you to to your prayer to be effective it must have life so our kingdom prayers have life the 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 the, the other people that the, 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 they pray to their gods their prayers do not have life that is the reason why their prayers cannot move mountains that is the reason why their prayers cannot cast out demons that is the reason why their prayers do not have no impact no effect because their prayers are dead and so if we want to be to to to, to pray effective prayer if we want our prayers to move mountain we must pray through the word of god because the word of god is living and powerful it is living and powerful. Imagine the scripture helps us to understand that we rush not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and the powers of darkness. So our prayer, in order for our prayer to be effective, to destroy the principalities and, and, and powers of the kingdom of darkness, it must have the word of God because the word of God is living and is powerful and is sharpened at the two edges of the sword. It can even pierce even to the division of souls and spirit. Only the word of God have the power to touch the soul, to touch the spirit, but every other weapon cannot impact or effect the spirit and souls it will only touch the flesh and remember we are not fighting against flesh and blood but against principalities and the powers of darkness and so the word of god have the power to bring down to, to bring down evil imagination to destroy them and so if we want our prayers our prayers to be affected to the to, to the extent we are in every evil imagination negative thought against us against our colleagues against the body of christ to, to to be destroyed we use the word of god we must pray through the word of god and mind you Praying through the word of God is praying through Christ because Jesus Christ is the word of God. The scripture helps us to understand that the flesh, the word became flesh, sorry, and dwelt among men. And Christ is that word that became flesh. 
And so if we are using the word of God, our prayers will be more effective and powerful, more than any other um, 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 prayer that you, 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 you think about. The Buddhist pray, but the prayers can move mountains. The Muslim prays, but their prayers, there is no power sense in their prayers. There is no power sense in their prayers. Their prayers cannot heal the sick. Their prayers cannot cast out demons. Their prayers cannot remove mountains. Why? Because their prayers are void of the word of God. But our prayers carries the word of God. And so in order for us to be active, our prayers to be active, our prayers to be living, our prayers to be powerful, more and more and more, and then it must have the word of God. It must carry the word of God. We must pray through the word of God and we see ourselves moving mountain. We will see ourselves casting out demons. We will see ourselves being effective like never before because the word is powerful. And so, another, another, another element of our prayer is believing. Believe. Another element of our prayer is what? Believe. And so, there is, no, there is no need to pray when you don't believe. There is no need to pray when you don't believe. If you want to have an effective prayer, your prayer must have Believe as an element. Believe before you stand in the presence of God to pray. Believing that what you are praying for, there is a God who answered prayer. And this is what Jesus Christ told his disciples. Uh, because uh, um, um, it's like Jesus Christ sent some unbelief on them. And this is what I'm telling you guys also um, here today. As we about as we, we are thinking about I'm, um, I'm um, receiving an encounter for God. Like I told you earlier, in order for you to encounter from God, you have to go deeper in prayer. You have to go deeper in prayer. And then you will receive from God. You will feel the presence of God. You will touch the, the, the you, you will see God face to face. You will encounter His glory. You will encounter His supernatural. And so this is what Jesus told them. He says, So Jesus answered and said to them, as surely I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, so in other words, sometimes people have faith, but they doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. It will be done. And whatever thing you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. In prayer, believing you receive. And now, when we talk about faith, the word faith is a noun. The word faith is what? It's a noun. The word faith is what? Is a noun. Faith itself is a noun. And what is faith? This is what I want you to understand right now. Faith is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Because there are other faiths. What is the kingdom faith? And the kingdom faith is Christ Jesus Christ. And now what does that mean? The, the, the kingdom faith is looking through, is looking through Christ. Seeing through Christ. Thinking through Christ. Relying on Christ. It's, 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 the, it's like a microscope um, uh, that you use to look through Christ. And so, what does that mean? So, in everything you do, because there are other faiths. People have their own faith. Some believe in their mother. Some believe in their monks. Uh, some believe in their fathers. Some believe in whosoever. Some believe in Buddha. Some believe in Joseph Prince. Some believe in so many other people they believe in. Uh. So, these things are faith also. You can believe in a chair. Faith is belief, faith is confidence. But what makes the kingdom faith essential? It is because it is a faith that is based on Christ. 
It is a faith that is based on Christ. So any faith without Jesus Christ of Nazareth is baseless faith. It's nonsense faith. So I am speaking to you guys today. If you want your prayer to be effective, your prayer must have the faith. And what is the faith? And who is the faith? Jesus Christ is the faith. And as I told you earlier, faith is looking through Christ, seeing through Christ in your situation. Where, when others are seeing dangers, you are seeing Christ. Let's just take a simple example. What happened to Peter? He started to walk upon the water, but he reached to a certain point when he took his eyes off Jesus Christ. He began to sink. He began to sink. He had to call again Jesus, and Jesus Christ came to rescue him. So in our journey, in our prayer, in every situation we find ourselves, we must fix our eyes on Jesus Christ of Nazareth because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. So with a faith without Jesus Christ is a dead faith. It's a dead faith. It's a dead faith. And so our prayers must carry a faith in Jesus Christ. Believe in Jesus Christ. And then we will see our way through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So this prayer will move mountains. And then do not forget also, the word of God helps us to understand according to Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Act 3, 6. Uh, let's see what happened when people use the name Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So our, we should always pray through the name of Christ. We should always pray through the name of Jesus because the word of God said the name Jesus, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. So the name of Jesus Christ is powerful. The word of God said at the mention of the name Jesus, every name must bow. And the word of God helps us to understand that uh, God has raised Jesus Christ far above principalities and the power and darkness. Uh, and he has given him a name that is above, sorry, that is above principalities. Uh, that at the mention of the name Jesus, every name must bow and all tongues shall confess. Let's read it. Uh, it is, at, it is in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. We, we, we will get that better. Please take note. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Philippians 2, 9. It said, Therefore, it said, uh, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Uh, um, therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. So, at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee should bow. So, if we want our prayers to move mountains, to cast out demons, to bring, to, 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 to destroy strongholds, we should always pray in the name of Jesus Christ. We should always pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's see what happened when the apostles, they used that name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We, 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 we saw a miracle. We saw miracle. In Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Uh, let's see what happened. Oh my God. It said, Then Peter said, Silver and gold uh, I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Glory to God. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Uh, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Uh, so there is power in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Anytime you call the name of Jesus, uh, mountains uh, will be 
be removed. That is the reason why, because the name have life, the name have power. In that name, there is deliverance. In that name, there is salvation. In that name, there is power to cast out evil imagination. In that name, there is power to heal the sick. In that name, there is power to cast out demons, to, to bring down strongholds. So when we pray in that name, we will see the effect of prayer. We will see mountains be moved. We will see mountains moving. We will see demons crumbling. So there is necessity for us to pray always in that name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So do not underestimate it as a child of God, as a disciple of God. Do not underestimate it. Let's see what happened uh, in the next verse. Uh, you see, and, and his name, true faith in his name, true faith in what? In his name has made this man stronger, this man stronger. So the name has an energizing power. The name has what? Energizing power to fit in that name. Wheresoever you are weaker, when you decide to fast and pray, you will receive strength. To fit in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, when you are in problem, when you are in the prison, when you call upon that name, the force, the magnetic force that is in that name will open the prison. We will we, we lose you. We will we, we lose the chain of your hands, your necks, your joints, your feet in the name of Jesus. Jesus, because there is a supernatural force, there is a supernatural power in that name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That is the reason why there is a testimony here, and it said, In true faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him the perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So, when you have faith, you will receive perfect what soundness. And who is the faith that I'm talking about? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Believe this. Wheresoever you are weak, you will become strong. Wheresoever you are confused, you will become sound. That is the reason why the scriptures say, For God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And what is a sound mind? What brings the sound mind is the presence of the Holy Ghost in your life. And who is the presence of the Holy Ghost? Christ is the presence of the Holy Ghost. And who is the wisdom of God? Christ is the wisdom of God. And who is the word of God? Christ is the word of God. Who is the living water? Christ is the living water. Who is the bread of life? Christ is the bread of life. So when you have Christ in you, you have the fullness of God there is nothing you will like and when you pray to Christ you receive the fullness of God you receive the glory of God you receive an encounter from God you receive the supernatural miracles from God signs and wonders will follow you because you are praying to Christ and before you pray to Christ you must carry Christ you must carry Christ before you pray to Christ. Only those who carry Christ pray to Christ. That is the reason why the scripture helps you and I to understand that the kingdom of God is within you and I. <laughs> we have the kingdom of God within us. Glory to God. And so now we are coming to the necessity of prayers. In other words, when we pray, what are the things that we receive? So that you will know that prayer is important. Well, I'm just browsing in this one fastly so that you all will understand and know this one. One of the necessities of prayer, whenever we pray, uh, we can, we can, we can, we, we, without prayer, you cannot exercise authority. Prayer enables us to exercise our God-given authority. Remember the scripture tells us that, Behold, I have given you the power to tread upon the serpent and the scorpion and over the powers of the kingdom of darkness. And it says, By no means they shall hurt us. Until you pray, before you exercise those prayers, and Matthew helps us to understand that we have the keys 
of the kingdom of heaven to bind and cast. So we only exercise those authority to, to prayer. Ephesians 6 verse 12 tell us that uh, um, 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 we rush not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and the powers of darkness. And it told us to take all the whole, the, the, the helmets, the whole armor of God. And so prayer is taking the armor of God, making use of the armor of God. There is no way you will pray without faith. There is no way you, 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 you will exercise, you will make use of your God-given authority without prayer. And so prayer is also one of is also a means to encounter with God. Prayer is what? Means to encounter with God. It's means to encounter God. So when you pray, you, you will encounter God. When you pray, you will do what? You will encounter with God. You will encounter with God. You will meet with God. You will commune with God. So you, you, you and you you will receive from God. You will you 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 will receive from God. You will experience the glory of God. Let's read uh, Saint John chapter 15 and just get something from there quickly. Verse 15. Let's see. It says, No longer do I call you servant, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I had from my father have made them known to you. So God desire us, I mean Christ desire to fellowship with him. He desires to fellowship with him. That is the reason why the scripture helps us to understand. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, you have fellowship with one another. You have fellowship with one another. And we all know that the word fellowship means kainonia, common sharing. And so when we decide to pray, when we decide to pray, commune with God, we will have intimacy with God. When we have intimacy with God, we will have fellowship with God. And when we have fellowship with God, we will share in his love. We will share in his power. The same power that Jesus Christ has to heal the seeker, you and I will share in the same power. The same power he got to raise the dead, you and I will have that power to raise the dead. The same power he have to field the thousands of people. We will have the same power he have to win souls. We will have those power, the authority powers because we are sharing through prayer. We are able to have fellowship with him. So without prayer it's very difficult for you to have an intimacy. It's very difficult for you to have an intimacy with Christ. This is one of the reasons why the Samaritan never knew how to pray because they never knew the God. They used to pray up the mountains. And imagine, with, 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 for us that pray through Christ, we don't pray up the mountains, but we remove the mountains. And so they were, their prayers were not moving mountains. But their prayers, we are stationing them on top of the mountains. And the problems they carry, they, 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 we are having the same problems. Problems were not removed. So their prayers never used to solve problems. But our prayer through Christ solved problems. So we should always Pray to Christ because Christ is the solution. It's a solution. It's a solution. So our prayer attracts the spirit of wisdom and excellence. Let's see what happened to Daniel when he read a man. Daniel chapter 5, verse 13 to 17. Prayer makes you to understand the mysteries of God. Prayer open your light. I mean, sorry, open your understanding. It attracts favor. It attracts the light of God. It attracts the glory of God. Daniel was filled with the spirit of God because he always had time to pray with God. And when, when the spirit of God came upon him, when he was filled with the, the spirit of God, the wisdom of God took over. And who is the wisdom of God? Christ is the wisdom of God. Because the first Corinthians chapter 1, verse 6, helps us to understand that Jesus Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. 
Jesus Christ is who? The power and the wisdom of God. Jesus Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. So when you give yourself to prayer, you will receive the power and you will receive the wisdom of God. That is the reason why Paul said that, that I may know it and experience the power of his resurrection. One of the ways to experience the power of the resurrection of Christ is through prayer. It's through prayer and praying through the word of God. So do not give up on praying. I encourage you today, this year, if we want to do extraordinary things in the things of God, like Daniel, nobody could understand the mysteries of God, the handwriting on the wall. And I believe that handwriting was the word of God. Daniel only understood it because he was a man of prayer. He prayed to God when, while, all, while everybody prayed to their idols, but he stood to pray to Christ. He prayed to the, the omnipotent God. He prayed to the omniscient God, the omnipresence God. And so because of that, he was filled with the spirit of God, the spirit of excellence, the spirit of wisdom. So prayer attracts the glory of God. If we want to do extraordinary things, we have to pray, believe God. Amen. Amen. Pray according to the spirit of God. I want to encourage you all today. God bless you as you listen to this. And I don't want you to just hear, be a hearer, but go and tell other person that we should pray through Christ, in Christ alone. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Okay, St. John chapter 6, verse 63. Yeah, St. John 6, 63. We will be studying on the topic, the nature and the fruits of the world. The nature and the fruits of the world. St. John chapter 6, verse 3. I would like somebody to read from King James Version. And after that, we can read from any other version that you have. Because I study from King James. John chapter 6. Verse 63. Verse 63. It says, mm. It is the spirit that quickeneth. It is what? The spirit that does what? Quickness. That quickness. Now the word quickness means validate. The word quickness means what? Validate. The word quickness means what? Validate. validate. In other words, it is a spirit that adds value. It is a spirit that adds what? Value. Or what? Validate. Uh -huh. Let's read. The flesh profited nothing. The flesh profited nothing. In other words, what the scripture is trying to say? Your own flesh is just like a carcass. Your flesh is useless without a spirit. Are you understanding? And um, to prove this scripture right, we go back to Genesis. The word of God helps us to understand that God made man, right? Mold man from a clay or whatsoever, a dust or whatsoever. And man was useless by then. And what God did? He breathed what? The spirit, his spirit. His breath into the nursery of what? Of man. And man became what? A living soul. So in other words, your flesh alone is nothing. It's useless. It's a carcass. That's what the scripture is trying to say. Let's go. Read. The words that I speak unto I love you. This. The words that I speak unto you, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. So these words that are spirit and are life, 
They are what makes you function. These walls are the spirit and life is what add value to you. It's what makes you effective. This world that is spirit and is life is what makes the difference between you and animals. This world that is spirit and life is what makes the difference between you and unbelievers. This world that is spirit and life is what gives you the power to overcome. It's what makes you function in good way. So without the word of God, you are what? Useless. Without the word of God, you are carcass. Without the word of God, you are nothing. So what adds value to your life? What makes you function and operate in the right way is what? The word of God. Is what? The word of God. Is what? The word of God. Is what? The word If you believe, put your hands together for Jesus. All right. And then we need to understand... What is the meaning of the word? Many times we say the word of God, the word of God. What is the real, what is the true meaning of this word? The word of God. When we talk about Amman, the word of God from Gen- from St. John chapter 1. Let's go there. Verse, verses 1 to 3. We're taking it step by step, please. Let's read verse 1. Yes. Yeah. In the beginning, in the beginning, was the word. Was what? The word. The word has been existing before you exist. The word has been what? Existing before you exist. <laughs> the word has been existing before counting exists. The word has been existing before glory exists. The word has been existing before every living thing exists. And so this is also another important lesson that every living thing exists through the world. <coughs> or every living thing came from the world. In the beginning was what? The world. And the world was? And the word was with God. And the world was with God. And the word is what? And the word was God. The world is God. So, in other words, the word is God. And what God can do, his word can what? He can do it. If the word of God is God, it means what God can do, his word can what? Do it. Hey, are you not with me? What God can do, his word can what? Do it. And so, if you want to function with God, function with the word. Mm. If you want to know God, know the word. If you want to have intimacy with God, have intimacy with what? His word. If you want to be in alignment with God's principle, be in alignment with what? The world. If you want to be a man of God or a man of or a woman of God, be a man of the world or a woman of what? The world. There is nothing that makes you a man of God more than the word of God. Listen what the scripture says. It's not me that speak it. It's the scripture that sees it. Hallelujah. Amen. And let's get a, a man. And from the scripture that we read also, that says John chapter 6 verse 63, we know reading it again. We also learn from that scripture that the word of God is the glory, spirit, and the life of God. The word is the glory, 
the spirit and what? The life of God. The glory of God is the fullness of God. Are we understanding? The glory of God is what? The fullness. When we talk about the fullness of God, it means it carries everything that God carries. It carries everything that God carries. It carries His light. It carries His power. His strength. His will. His wisdom. Everything you are talking about. The glory carries. And this glory is embedded in the Word of God. So the Word of God consists of things. Read verse 3. St. John. John 1, 3. Yeah. All things were made by Him. All things were what? Made by him. Uh-huh. And what? Without him, there was nothing made that was made. So God's word consists of things. There is a reason why things manifest from the world. It's not something that we need to even struggle to teach about. It's not something that we need to struggle to teach about, this very topic. God's word consists of things. Let's go back to Mark chapter 16, verse 20. Let's see what happened. Yeah. Three. Uh, and they went forth. They went forth. And preached everywhere. And preached everywhere. The Lord was walking with them. The Lord. Who is the Lord? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And who is Christ? He is what? The Lord. He was walking with them and what? And confirming the word. Confirming his word with what? With science. Science and what? Wonders. So in other words, science and wonders we are manifesting from what? The world. So you don't need to run after signs and wonders. Become a man of the world. Signs and wonders manifest from you. So miracles, signs and wonders are the product of what? The world. In other words, when you plant mango tree, you understand? The mango tree bear what? The mango, right? So the word of God, I mean, the, the miracles, the signs, comes from what? The world. That is the reason why all the miracles that Jesus Christ performed, he spoke the word. Lazarus, come forth. What happened? Eh? He came forth. Lose him. Let him go. What happened? The woman with the issue of blood. Your faith has made you what? She was what? The world. There was no magic about it. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, the word of God also is the composition of the heaven and earth. Yes. It's the composition because the word of God, the scripture helps us to understand that. God says, let there be what? Light. And there was what? Light. What is that? God was building the earth. And he spoke the word. So everything. The word com- is the composition of Emmanuel, Gloria, everybody. We came from the world. <laughs> Praise God. Yes. Let's read St. John chapter 8, verse 31. Yeah. Mm. And early in the morning. St. John chapter 8, verse 31, right? 31? Yes. Uh-huh. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believe on him. Jesus, he said to the Jews which believe on him. Uh-huh. If ye continue in my word. If you what? Continue in my word. If you what? Continue in my word. Hey, if you what? 
What is the meaning of the word continue in my word? We need to understand that. When Jesus said, if you continue in my word, what does he mean? What is he talking about? If you abide in my word, if you remain in my word, if you get rooted in my word, what will happen? Then are ye my disciples. Then you are my disciples. Okay, so from this scripture we learn that it is the word that unites us with Christ. It is the word that what? Unites us with Christ. So until you have the word, you are not united with God. Until you have the word, you are not united with God. It is the word of God that will unite you and I with God. That's if you continue in my word, you are my disciple. So in other words, if you discontinue, you are not. So what binds us with God is what? His word. His word is what binds us with him. So when you disconnect from the world, you disconnect from who? From God. Yeah, continue to read. 32. Um, and ye shall know the truth. And you shall know what? The truth. And the truth will what? Liberate you. Will liberate you. That's one of the functions of the word of God. That's one of the things that the word of God can do. It liberates your mind. It liberates you from so many things. Amen. Amen. So the word of God is the is 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 that which connects our souls and our spirit with God from the scripture. Praise God. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. Now let us read first John, I mean first Peter chapter one, verse twenty three. Peter 1, 23. Yeah. It reads, mm -hmm. Being born again. Being what? Being born, born again. Uh -huh. Not of corruptible seed. Not of what? Corruptible seed. But of what? But of incorruptible. So the word of God is also the incorruptible seed. Now we need to understand what is the, 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 the meaning of the word seed. From the Greek word sperma. It's the same as spam or cement. <laughs> so the word of God is the spam of God. Until you receive the word of God, you will not be, never be pregnant with the blessings of God. <coughs> you will never be pregnant with the blessings of God. Because the word is a spam. That, that have power to pregnant us. Amen? So, the word of God is a seed that, um, 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 that has the power to pregnant us. Let's read that. Uh, St. John chapter 15, verse 4. 15, verse 4. Mm -hmm. It reads, Abide in me. Abide in me. And I in you. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. As the branch cannot what? Bear fruit of what? Itself. itself. Except what? Except it abide in the vine. Except it abide in the vine. So in other words, conceive my sperm. Conceive my spam or conceive my word or receive my word. You cannot manifest or you cannot function well except you conceive. So in other words, if you want to, 
If you want God's blessings, goodness, and wonders to manifest in your life, you need what? The word. You need to conceive the word of God before you see the manifestation of the goodness of God in your life. Uh, quickly, let me just tell you some of the fruits of the word and then we go to how you must respond to the word or how you should react to the word of God. What are some of the things, products, what are the things that comes from the word of God? Quickly. St. John chapter 1 verse 3. Yeah. Mm. All things we are made by him. All things were made by him. And without him was, there was nothing, nothing made that was made. made. So what? Number one, the world has creative power. The word of God have what? Creative power. To create mean to make something out of nothing. What has not been existing in your life, Gloria? God's word have the power to make it exist. What has not been existing in touching lives? God's words have the power to make it, to bring it to existence. God's words have the power to reconstruct you, to make you, to rebrand you, to revive you. The word revival means to nourish. The word revival means to restore, to bring back to life that which was dead. So God's words have the power to nourish life. So if you want to receive nourishment, all the nutrients of life is embedded in the word of God. So go for the word of God and you will receive all the nutrients. That is the reason why many times you see many dry churches because the word is not there. Why do you think Peter said desire the sincere milk? Desire what? The sincere milk. As newborn babies. So in other words, it is the world which is the milk that nourish us, build us, make us stronger, giving us the victory over the powers of the kingdom of darkness. Let me tell you something. Many people are dying because they are void of the world. The world is life. The word of God is what? It's a life. It's the life of God. So the more of God's words you have in you, the more long. In fact, the word of God is the internal life. So a man with the word of God have what? Internal life. Yes, the word of God is the internal life. Whether you whether, go and do research, it's the internal life. So when you have the word of God, you have what? Internal life. So go for the word. That is the reason why the scripture says, heaven and earth will what? Pass away. But my word will what? Never pass away. We remain forever. Every other thing we destroy, but the word of God remain forever. And it is this word that saves you. So the word is internal life. So when you have the word of God, you have what? Internal life. The scripture says, out of the belly shall flow fountains or rivers of living water. And that is the spirit of God. And this spirit is the word. When you have the word, you have what? Internal life. Praise God. Okay. So we have learned that the word has what? Creative power. Let's give verse 4 and 5. 
The same St. John chapter 1, verse 4. John chapter 1, verse yeah. 4. It reads, mm -hmm. In him was life. In him was what? Life. In him was what? Who is the him? Christ. Christ. And who is Christ? The world. And the life. <coughs> and the life was the light of men. The life was what? The life of man. So the world has life and light giving power. That is the reason why the scripture says, Let your light shine before men that they will see what? Your good work. And there is no way this light will shine if you don't receive the light. The light is the word. So in other words, Christ is speaking, the scripture is speaking to those who carry the word already. That the word that you have in you, the light that you have in you, most what? Manifest. That men will see your good work. And who? And glorify who? Your father in heaven. This is one of the elements that no man can do without light. So if you cannot do without light, you cannot do without the word of God. Let your light shine before who? Men. And the scripture says, in him was light. And the light was what? The life of men. Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. Yeah. It reads, mm -hmm. For the word of God is quick. The word of God is what? Quick and what? And powerful. And powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword. And sharper than any two-edges of sword. You, this is a popular scripture. So simply, this tells us that the world is that powerful weapon that has the power to construct and destroy. The word of God has the power to what? Construct and what? Destroy. It has constructive power and destructive power. It has the power to destroy the works of the enemy. And it has the power to construct your life. Until you have the world, your life is not built. Until you have the world, you are not nourished. If you lack the world, you are Kwashioko. Yes, seriously. You are a Kwashioko Christian. And so what they dwell on, they don't dwell any longer on the Christ methodology of mission or way of doing things. They, dry, they, they dwell on the doctrines of men to survive. Those who lack the word. Because the word of God is the manifestation of the mind and the will of God. So when you have the word, you have the mind. You will know the mind. You will know the will of God. So this is the reason why the scripture helps us to understand. It said the spirit itself teaches you. You don't need men to teach you the things of God. But the Spirit of God itself teaches you. So when man lacks the world, he lacks the Spirit. And so when you have the world, the world himself will direct you. That is the reason why the scripture says, the world is a lamp unto what? Will direct you into the truth. Because the Spirit of God is not a spirit of what? Confusion. God wants you to know him. God wants you to live for him. That is the reason why the word became flesh and dwelt among men, teaching men the will of God. And that very word is the grace of God, according to Titus 11. For the grace of God has appeared, teaching men to what? Deny ungodliness. The word is the grace of God. 
So the more of God's grace once you have, the more of grace you carry. Yes. That's what I've said. That is what the Spirit of God says. The Word of God is the grace of God. The more of God's Word you have, the more of grace you carry. It's finished. There's a grace. In fact, if time can permit me, let us study the manifestation of Christ. How God revealed, how Scripture revealed Christ to us in different, different ways. And they will understand truly who Christ is. Christ is everything. Christ is everything. He's the word. He's the light. He's the life. He's our strength. He's our hope. He manifests in different forms. And so in other words, man cannot survive without God because man is from God. A man is from God. And God is everything for man. That is the reason why when you are disconnected from God, you are disconnected from everything. So this is just one way of Christ's manifestation in the world. To you and I. If Christ became the grace and Christ is the word, then the grace is Christ. Christ is the grace. And then the word of God is the grace also. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we all know from St. John chapter 17, 17, that the word of God cleans or sanctifies us. Let's read it. St. John 17, verse 17. And one person will read 15 verse 3. 17, 17 reads, mm -hmm. Sanctify them through thy truth. Only. Sanctify them through uh, the truth. Thy word is truth. The word is truth. The word sanctify means to set apart. So the word of God sanctify us or set us apart unto God. 15, 3. Now ye are clean. Through what? Through the word. And the word clean here is not only talking about cleansing us from sins, but cleans us from every infirmity, from sickness, from disease, from everything that is not of God. The word cleans us. So the word of God has what? Cleansing power. Let's make it that way. The word of God has what? Cleansing power. Cleanse your mind from negative thoughts. It cleans your minds from worry. That is the reason why Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. In my father's house there are many mansions. My dad helped me to understand this. That Papa said, he said the word mansion is talking about opportunities in Christ. There are many opportunities in Christ. So the word cleans us. <laughs> Until you have the word, you are not clean. <laughs> yes. You are still dirty in the heart. When the word of God comes, he walk upon your heart. Praise God. Until the church or the assembly receive the word. That assembly is not a clean assembly. See, the word of God that cleanses us. It's not about the thousands of people that are there. But those who receive the word. Because the word is a seed. It germinates. So, when you have the word, you receive the word of God. There is a possibility for you to multiply. So there is no way you multiply without the word of God. <laughs> it is the word of God that is that ability in you that makes you to multiply others. That makes you to multiply others. That is the reason why when Jesus Christ was commissioned, he said, all power, all authority in heaven 
be given to me. Go and make what? Disciples. So in other words, the authority, everything is the word. Praise God. Alright. Now, we, we learn that also the word add value and make the impossibility what? Possible. The word of God add what? Value and make what? The impossibility possible. Let's read uh, at in Matthew 21 verse 21. Jesus answered and said unto them, uh-huh. Verily I say unto you, uh-huh. if ye have faith uh-huh. and doubt not. But before that, what happened when Jesus, before Jesus Christ uh, spoke this uh, statement? What happened? Read uh, verse 19 first. Verse 19. Uh-huh. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, uh-huh. he came to it uh-huh. and found nothing thereon, uh-huh. but leaves only, uh-huh. and said unto it, uh-huh. Let no fruit grow uh-huh. on thee, uh-huh. henceforward. Uh, the, the, the fig tree failed to fruitful, and then Jesus Christ caused the, the fig tree more and more, right? Okay, let's go. And presently the fig tree uh-huh. the and when the disciples saw it, uh-huh. they marveled, saying, mm-hmm. How soon is the fig tree withered away? How soon is what? The fig tree withered away. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Jesus answered and said unto them, uh-huh. Verily I say unto you, Verily! In other words, this, the word verily is, 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 is stressing on something. Assuredly or truly, in other words, there is no compromise in this area at all. Not this is a fact. Uh-huh. If you have faith, if you have faith and doubt not, and doubt not, the word doubt underline it, underline the word doubt and doubt not. Uh-huh. You shall not only do this which is done, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, now. Let's underline the word, you shall not only do this. So in other words, Christ is trying to say that if you have faith and doubt not, if you have faith, in other words, there is a possibility for you to have faith and doubt. There is what? A possibility to have what? Faith and what? And doubt. And then he said, you shall not only do this which is done to what? The fig tree. So in other words, he's trying to tell you that if you have faith, you are unlimited. So you are not only limited to this miracle or to these wonders that happen to this victory. Gloria, if you have faith, you will not only see the miracles that have been performed in touching life Sierra Leone here. If Emmanuel, if you have faith, you will not only see the manifestation of the wonders of God, this one that you have seen, but in other words, there are more than you will see. There are more blessings, there are more glory, there are more victories, there are more trophies that you will win if you only have faith and doubt not. So, what limits you from doing what God has for you is doubt. And what is the word doubt? From the Greek word, doubt means to oppose. Doubt means to what? Oppose. So, doubt is an opposition to the word of God. Doubt means to discriminate, go and search. From the Greek meaning. So whenever you doubt the world, you are doubt, you are discriminating God. So in order for you to see the world manifesting in your life, you must what? Believe the world. You must what? Believe it. You must what? Believe it. And uh, let me tell you the three components first. Number one, you must hear the word. I think it's Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Let's read it. 
Now faith comes by hearing. Now faith by what? Hearing and hearing what? The word. So one thing that the word does for you, it brings what? Faith. It brings what? It brings what? It brings what? Faith. Faith is a seed, is a spirit from God. It's a spirit of God. So in order for your faith to grow, you must have what? You must receive what? You must receive what? So the more of God's words you hear, you have, the more your faith what? Increases. And the more your faith increases, the more miracles you see manifesting through you. Jesus said it. This sign shall follow them that believe in my name. So in other words, it is a must that when you believe, there must be an evidence. When you believe, there, is, there must be what? An evidence. So if you are here, you are not performing miracles. <laughs> then you have not believed yet. Oh yes, let's read the scripture. That's what, that's what the scripture says. Let's read it. Mark chapter 16. I'm not the one who. Jesus said it. Mark 16. Yes. Verse 17. Yes. And these signs shall follow these them. These signs shall follow them. That believe. That believe in what? In my name. In my name. Shall they cast out, cast out demons. Leave that one. In fact, those who battle with demons, you are not going to fight demons. You cast them out. When you believe. Oh, wait, sometimes I see people that fighting demons is nonsense. In other words, when they say you cast out demons, you meet the demons that hey, get up. And then you take your place. Yes, you don't struggle with them. You cast them out. And sometimes if you if you're really angry, you held them up, you box them. But it's not a battle. God did not design us to fight the devil. Paul told us to fight the good fight of faith. So what we need to fight for is the faith. And this one comes by hearing the word. So in other words, fight to study the word. Wake up in the morning and read the word. Soak in the word. Pray the word. And then you will see those things manifesting. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So hear the word. And then what? Believe the word. Believe what? Believe what? Believe what? Believe what? The word. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. Hebrews 4, 2. Hebrews 4, 2. Yes. Let's, let's learn something. There is, Paul is saying something very important from that scripture. It yes. For unto us was the gospel. But I email, listen. For unto us, Gloria. Everybody listen. Unto us. The word us means every one of us here. The gospel was what? Preach. Uh -huh. As well as unto them. And the same as unto the church in 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 in, 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 in Ropulo. The same gospel was preached to us, and the same church also, the same gospel was preached to the church in Ropulo. Uh -huh. But the word preached did not profit them. But the word preached did not profit those in Ropulo. Why? Not being mixed with faith. Not being mixed with faith. In them that had it. So them that had it. So in order for the world to profit you, you need to what? Mix it with faith. Receive it. Believe it. Oh yes, I believe this word. Yes, I believe this word. Hear the word. Believe the word. And lastly, very important one again. The same man said it. The same man. I love this man so much. It's from Second Corinthians chapter four, verse thirteen. When you hear the word, you receive the word, believe the word, then next you should what? 
Second Corinthians 4.13. 4.13 reads. Yeah. We, we having the same spirit of faith. We having the same spirit of faith. So faith is what? Spirit. Faith is what? Spirit. Faith is what? Spirit. spirit. It's the spirit of God. We have on the same spirit of faith. Uh -huh. According as it is written. According as it is written in the scripture. Uh -huh. I believe. I believe. And therefore I, and therefore I have what? Spoken. Hallelujah. Amen. So don't only believe. But speak out what you believe. And then you will see the manifestation. You will see miracles. You will see wonders. Be healed in the name of Jesus. This church, there must be growth from now until the ending of this month. Speak it. It is written. Hallelujah. Amen. This is what God wants for us. The word of God. We must receive it. Believe it. And then what? Speak it. Then we see manifestation. So what are the things that we must do in order for us to see the world manifesting? Number one. <coughs> hear the word. Number two. Number three. Speak the word. Are you willing to speak the word? Put your hands together for Jesus.